Welcome to Following the Way. We're a podcast that's all about following Jesus and learning his way for our lives. We believe that scripture reveals this way and invites us to follow. We're glad you're with us as we seek together. Well, hello everyone and welcome once again to this podcast. It's good to have you with us, whether you've been with us for a while or you're new. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening and being a part of this. It's really simple what we're about. We are about digging into scripture, the word of God, the Bible, looking at it to help us understand what it means to follow the way of Jesus, forming our characters and who we are to be more like Jesus and to live for the advancement of his kingdom on this earth for his glory and for our good as we love God and love others. And so I'm excited because this podcast represents a new idea that I have, a direction that I want to go right now for the next number of episodes. And I feel that the Lord's been impressing this upon me. Uh, I'm sure that as we go through it, that there's going to be more of that and it's going to become uh, hopefully clearer. I I anticipate that. Uh, But that is, I, I feel that the Lord has been directing me to want to Uh, Focus on uh, the letters to the churches in the book of Revelation, the beginning of the Revelation to the Apostle John. And so that's what we're going to do. Now, uh, having said that, the the Revelation was written to these seven churches. And so really, in in one way, the entire book of Revelation is written to them. But at the beginning of the Revelation, if you're at all familiar with it, you know that Jesus... Uh, through an angel that comes to John, Jesus speaks uh, to these seven churches specifically and, uh, and, and gives them both blessings, encouragements, uh, but also challenges, rebukes, and uh, really allows them uh, to see and invites them into self-awareness of where they're really at. And that, that has really stuck with me right now. Uh, during this time that we're in amidst this COVID pandemic, amidst all the opinions, all the feelings, all the emotions. And I will admit that my my viewpoint on this is shifting in a sense. And I feel like the Lord's been pressing this specifically on me. And that is, Jesus, what are you wanting to say to your church today? Now, that you know, for me as a pastor, that's also within our local context. This is something that I'm really uh, wrestling through and seeking to hear the Lord on, and 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 He's impressing this upon me. But uh, wider, it's also what is He saying to His church across the globe, in the West? You know, within our particular context in the West, uh, what is He saying? And I was listening to another podcast today, and I was struck by. Uh, this idea, which really I feel it goes alongside this, and that is that, you know, I we we've been saying for a while, at least I I know, within our context, we've been um, just reminding ourselves that amidst all the unknowns, amidst all the frustrations, amidst everything that's swirling around us, Jesus is Lord over all things. He's sovereign over all things. And so that includes COVID. And and so, you know, it's one thing to state that, but then it's another thing to actually begin to work out the implications of that in how we think, in how we talk, in how we behave, and how we respond. And that's that's something, that, a process that I've been going through and continue to work through. 
But going back to this podcast I was listening to, they they brought forth this idea that um, what if Jesus is not just allowing this to happen, but actually he desires that this would happen uh, in the church because there there was this the extent of what we're going through had to happen in order for the church to for Jesus to get the attention of his church for for us to go things need to change things need to shift there is uh, there is a lot in the church that needs to be done differently and we need to look at the world around us differently and so to look at this time is actually a gift is actually a good thing from the Lord because he actually is waking us up to reality and to where we need to go and things that we need to deal with and where we need to pivot and change and shift and without it where we would be in desperate desperate trouble if not for the Lord getting our attention through this and that that has gripped me that that idea that uh, this is not about all woe is me, uh, can't deal with these restrictions, I can't deal with the control, why is our government doing this, why is our government doing that, uh, what is going on, and, and just, you know, we, we can be absolutely inundated day after day after day with all manner of opinions and various angles to everything going on. But rather, what if Jesus is saying to his followers, to his church, saying, please hear what I'm saying. Are you understanding that in these hard times, in these difficult times, I need you to go deep in order for me to take my church where it needs to go? And so this is sort of a, an intro to where we're going to go in looking at these letters to the churches in Revelation. Now you, because, okay, we could say, well, these were written to specific churches in the first century to specific contexts. How could they ever have anything to do with us? You know, totally different culture, totally different scenario. We're talking 21st century, Paul. We're talking, you know, everything that's that's happened, the technology, like, like this just isn't at all relevant to us. And that's where I, you know, I would simply say, that we, I would hold to the premise that this is the eternal word of God, that yes, these letters are written to specific churches, but there is an aspect in every one of these letters that is revealing and speaking to the human condition. The people that made up these churches, we, yes, culturally we're different, and so we have to sort that out at times, but we are still flesh and blood, we deal with the same weaknesses, the same sinful impulses, the same inclinations to certain things, and and all the rest of it that, um, that Jesus was dealing with in these letters. And, and we're also, uh, I think, well, we are similar in, uh, in many of the things, the good things that these churches were doing. And like these churches, we need to hear from the Lord and we need to shift and pivot as he's speaking to us. And so what I'm hoping to do through looking at these letters is to, as we're looking at what Jesus was saying to these churches, also hearing the word of the Lord and hearing the Holy Spirit going, what are you saying to us today, Jesus, in the midst of these days? How would you have us respond? What are you, what are you saying to your church? What are you saying to me? 
And so, uh, before we get into that in the next number of episodes, I, I want to uh, just draw it a little bit from Revelation 1 because it is amazing what what John sees. It's amazing how John encounters Jesus and it it is necessary for us to see who Jesus is as risen, exalted, glorified one over all things and who it is that's speaking to these churches and so that we understand in a sense um you know, like John responded to him and I'm going to get to that uh which is similar to how Isaiah responded to the Lord um at the beginning of of the book of Isaiah and how when when he encountered the presence of the Lord and just the awe and the wonder and the the magnitude and and like whoa I am not worthy to be here. So, and we we need we need that aspect of understanding and seeing Jesus for who He really is. In that Jesus is risen, exalted Lord of all things. He's not just my homeboy. He's not just my buddy. He's not just someone who's along for the ride to make my life better. And I'm gonna, you know, I like Jesus when He makes my life better. No, he is risen, exalted Savior and Lord who's over all things. And actually what he says and what he calls us to is of infinite importance and is above all things. And so this is, now, John, he's on the island of Patmos. He encounters, he's in the spirit, he says. So he's he's in this state where he is, he is, um, meeting with the Lord, and he says, uh, I, just, I just want to, he says in verse 10 of Revelation 1, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. And then the seven churches are listed Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Now, before, at that point, John turns. He says, I turned to see this voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, he says, he doesn't, he first says, I saw seven golden lampstands interesting picture that he sees, right? He's, he's having a vision that the Lord is giving him. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. Now, when you read that description, I, I think that there should be in us an aspect of awe of going, whoa. This was this was the one, John, who laid on Jesus, who was his friend, who was his rabbi, who was his teacher, who John was the one that Jesus loved. And there, there was an intimate friendship that John and Jesus had when Jesus was on this earth. And now, years later, as he's on the island of Patmos, he's imprisoned for his testimony to Jesus and his commitment to live for him. And 
the Jesus that he encounters, the one that he sees is like, it's totally different. He's totally different in a, in, in a lot of ways than just the one that he was, you know, really close with on this earth. And I'm not saying that that isn't, that, that relationship is still there. Absolutely. But John is so overtaken and he goes on, he says, in his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. We, we see later in the book of Revelation, says that, that Jesus, like that, that image of a sword in his mouth is that he doesn't wage war physically on any nation against any, against the beast, nothing. He simply speaks and it's done. The power that Jesus has is simply in his words. All he has to do is speak. And as Lord of all things and over all things in this universe, what he says is done. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. I, I don't know. You know, again, I think John is trying to write this to try and 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 visually try to, you know, try to, uh, describe visually what he's seeing and, and you know, to try to imagine a, a face, the, the face of Jesus shining like the sun at full strength is hard for us to even fathom. Because if you, if you would be that close to the sun, you'd be burned up. You wouldn't even be able to look. But John then says at this point, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. It's, this is where this, this echoes of Isaiah before the Lord when he says, woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips. Like, I, I can't even be here. I can't be in the presence of the Lord. In, in, for Isaiah, it was in a moment he, he understood the depth of his sin and unworthiness and the holiness of God that he was before. And, and, and John where this was Jesus who he was intimately in a relationship with, in, in intimate friendship. And now in he sees him and he his response is just to prostrate himself before him and go like, as though dead. I like that that, that was his only response is like I, I I have to get low. And you wonder, like there's an aspect of of just John is is realizing who he's before. And and I'll, you know, as an aside, this is where um when when I when I think about this in relation to our worship and our honor of Jesus now on this earth as his followers, for me this is this is one of one of many reasons in scripture where I would say engagement before the Lord in worship and honoring and extolling and exalting him. Uh, when we gather to worship as his saints, how can we not uh, be in awe of the Lord? This It's so clear here. But Jesus, he says that he laid his right hand and said to him, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades, death and the grave. And then he says that, he tells John to write then the things that you've seen, 
those that are and those that are to take place after this. So again, Revelation is a prophetic book. It is through and through a prophetic letter. Now, John, before this, he's, in, he's, he's trying to describe his encounter with the risen Lord Jesus. And he, in his greeting before this, as he's, as he's sort of penning the greeting of this letter, and, and before he kind of gets into what led to this encounter, he also describes, he speaks of Jesus and he says that Jesus is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth, the ruler of all our leaders, the ruler of all our politicians. He's, the, he's over all things. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God. Oh, there's that thing again, priests. We are a royal priesthood. That was our last podcast. We are to be ministers to God. We are all to be ministers to him with our lives. Priest to his God and Father, to him, to him, to Jesus, to the Lord, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Like, let it be so, so be it, he's saying. And then he says, he adds, behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes, all nations of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. And then he adds verse eight, I am the alpha and the omega. That's the letters of the Greek alphabet, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who was and who, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, I, I'm, I'm setting this up before we get into these letters as an intro because there's an aspect where I think we should go, or not, not I, I don't think I know, there's an aspect that we should go, woe. Woe is us. Woe is me before the presence of the Lord. I am not worthy. I am a man of unclean lips. We are people of unclean lips. But there's an aspect of this of of reverence and awe and going, okay, this is Jesus. This is he is Lord over all things. He is the beginning and the end. He is he is far above everything, as it says in Ephesians 1. He's been given his head over all things. This is the one who was speaking to the churches. It wasn't just any regular letter. This was the one who has eyes like flame. His eyes are like flames of fire. His like there's like a sword that comes out of his mouth because even just his just speaking, his words have infinite power. And so, I I, I am impressed by this. In these days, to go, Jesus, what are you saying to us? I believe that there's an aspect to everything that we are experiencing right now where Jesus would say, I am shaking my church. Hebrews, I that which will cannot remain will not remain, but that which will remain, like like whatever is of the Lord, whatever is of eternity, and, and whatever is of eternal value will last. But I am shaking things because the church needs to change. The, and whatever word you want to use, if we want to use, you know, awakenings, renewal, 
revival, mission, uh, reaching the lost, actually engaging people and seeing people come to know Jesus, ourselves being discipled into mission, we, we are at, we are in very, very critical, critical days, months where the Lord wants us to get our eyes off of ourselves, off of all the noise, off of all the distractions, off of all the things around us that are not of the Lord and actually can be incredibly detrimental to our spiritual lives and our relationship with Jesus. And he's saying, understand who I am and you need to start to hear what I want to say to my church. So we'll leave it there. And I hope that that's what your appetite for getting into these letters in the book of Revelation. Uh, I, I, I'm excited, but I'm also, there's an aspect to me of going this, I feel like there's, there's a, a level of importance on this right now for us in the church to pay attention in these days and go, God, what are you wanting to do? You've brought us to this place. You've brought us to a place actually that you wouldn't, we, we would not, this would not happen any other way. We were, we were so comfortable. We were so, we were so okay with where we were that he had to allow a global pandemic to happen. And whatever we think about it, whatever we think about control, whatever we think about what's right, what's wrong, what's not, and God's saying, yeah, but I'm allowing this to happen. And in fact, he's allowing it to happen the way it's happening in order for him to say, do you want to hear what I need to tell you? Are you willing or are you, or are you going to be lost? Are you actually going to come out of this in a lot worse shape? Or are you going to come out of this strengthened and having a resolve for the advancement of my kingdom? All right, I need to stop there. Bless you until we're, we're going to come back the next time we're looking at the first letter to the church in Ephesus. And uh, trust that uh, as we journey through this together, that the Lord's going to be speaking to us and we're going to be hearing his voice. Bless you, friends. Until next time, uh, may you go deep with Jesus. Amen. <laughs>